Thanksgiving is a time to get together and remember all we have to be thankful for. No, really. Some of these people need to go to a woke detox center. WCHV. Birthdays to allow administrators and staff to continue planning for a reset of school policies, procedures, and culture. The announcement was made shortly before 1 p.m. today by school board chair James Bryant after the school board held a closed meeting this morning to discuss the current safety of CHS. This comes after an incident involving an unauthorized adult on the campus. Joe Thomas in the morning and what lessons are the Charlottesville High School students learning? You brawl, you threaten the principal's life. And you get off from school. Just like if you say, let's say you had a rogue regime internationally who was funding terrorists and you froze all their bank assets. And then they said, please, sir, can we have our bank assets back? We promise not to fund terrorists. And you give them your bank, their bank assets back and they go back to funding the terrorists. So Charlottesville, in an effort to still be seen as woke, has decided to close schools because the teachers don't want to go back to work. The staff doesn't want to go back to work. It's why school was canceled on Friday, because the teachers said enough. Testimony uh, sent to me uh, over Facebook from a staffer detailed a story in which a Charlottesville administrator confronted a student who was wandering the halls of Charlottesville High School in the middle of a class hour. And I appreciate the way this staffer posted this so as to not fall into Facebook jail. When confronted with why he wasn't in class, the student requested that the school administrator, oh, he said it so beautifully, but basically told him, to do something physiologically impossible to himself and just kept walking. The administrator just kept walking the other direction. This is the wild, wild west that your 16 and 17-year-olds in the city of Charlottesville, don't, don't snicker Albemarle County, you just may be better off, better at keeping the cameras from recording video. But remember when this was Monticello High School just a few scant months ago? It's not Charlottesville City or Albemarle County or, or you know, don't smugly sit there and say Fluvanna and Green and Nelson are immune to these things. Remember the brawl that still to this moment embroils the sheriff's department the outgoing sheriff 
perhaps even losing his reelection bid because of what went down in the brawl in the halls of Nelson County High School. I say this in the light of a libertarian getting elected to a major international country and a reminder that, yes, you and I might appreciate libertarianism, but as we are quickly becoming what is obvious an amoral society, not a moral society, we're letting loose onto the world a, a bunch of children who believe that whatever they want is going to be accepted and in most cases celebrated. And when that doesn't happen, they beat somebody up or they threaten their lives. And when are we going to learn what exactly, what exact health issue did the Charlottesville principal need to resign to address? Remember, his resignation several weeks ago uh, stated that he was resigning to attend to his health and his family. Did one of these thugs that are apparently running Charlottesville High School threaten the principal's family or his own life? Certainly it seems like the staff in great numbers didn't want to go back to work because they felt unsafe in the schools. Never minding the fact that, as the story from one of the staffers detailed to me over Facebook said, when confronted, you're told to go have intercourse with yourself, and there's no recourse. They don't do anything. Why is that? Why don't you ask the school board? Why don't you ask the school board what authority the teachers have to expel or even have a student arrested. Dr. Gurley on Friday bent over backwards and sideways to avoid saying that they were going to bring the police back in. Complete six-degree circular statement regarding Charlottesville's police presence that was going to be at the high school today and tomorrow. Assuring people that they were, we're not bringing SROs, we don't have SROs, no, 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 they're not going to be SROs, no, 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 they're just there in case, you know, one of our staffers needs help and you know, needs to de-escalate a situation, they're not, don't say SROs. The drug gangs, who we've been talking about for, gosh, 16 years, are running the high schools. And when the Common Core program was shepherded in by Virginia's Governor Bob McDonald back in the day, it was because they had found an issue in the poor communities, especially the Latino and the black communities that there was an attitude that having an education didn't mean anything, isn't going to help you, so why bother? That was 2010. Thirteen years have gone by. Children are about to enter Charlottesville's high school system, and nobody has done a damn thing about addressing that particular issue. 
their ideas were to lower the standards and to weaken the discipline so that maybe the poor community would see some upside in going to schools? Was that the reason, or was it just because it was something you could do to keep people from yelling at you and perhaps getting you reelected to public office, which really most of these people, that's all they care about. Meanwhile, teachers are afraid for their lives. Making you part of his unauthorized autobiography every morning. There's an award you're going to be receiving. It's called the Benjamin Franklin Award for Journalistic Excellence. Joe Thomas in the morning on WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. So you call 434-964-1075. That's how you do it. Emails come into Joe at WCHV.com. In descending hierarchy, you can contact me through Facebook, Joe Seville, Joe Thomas. And, you know, it's a don't see it all the time. My cell phone keeps trying to get me to pay attention to it, but you know. So back in 2009, the National Council of Republican Governors, an adjunct of the National Governors Association, determined through research that the poor and mostly black communities of America didn't see any upside in education, didn't see the the payout, didn't see the benefit. Their own cost-benefit analysis said, screw that. They can make more money muling for the drug gangs. Sure, they'll probably be dead by 22, but they'll have money. And so to address this, the National Governors Association, of uh, National Republican Governors Association, decided to launch Common Core. Common Core's main premise was, well, let's lower the standards so we can get higher test scores. And all the things, and, and certainly much has been said over the last year about Bob McDonald's indictments for corruption in the governor's mansion, which was overturned after uh, Jack Smith, because you and I, you and I know Jack Smith. So after Jack Smith persecuted Governor McDonald for something he hadn't done, we forget all about the things that he did do, like help shepherd in Common Core, which lowered the standards so we could score more. And it continued a slippery slope. It was really just the fever dream of the No Child Left Behind movement which picked up on the mid-90s nonsense of every child gets a trophy. So now we have kids who are literally telling school administrators to intergorse themselves in the hallways of the school and just walk on by. And the administrators walk on by. Why? Because they're not allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to do anything lest they be, regardless of the ethnicity of the school administrator, 
if you punish the child, you're called a racist. The school, you know, oh, there'll be protests. You're targeting the poor black community. But what should have been done in 2009, 2010 is figured out why. Why it, by 2010 they had just noticed that the poor communities of our urban areas didn't give a crap about school. You and I have talked about this, but you're the listener and, and I'm the host of a radio show. Why is school choice such a big issue? Because parents want out of this failing idea of public government-run education because what it's become, just like the military has become this playground of the five percenters, what, what agenda, what social agenda can we be seen caring for by dictating it to the military, the only place we can dictate policies to, and say, well, we made the soldiers do it. Why can't we make you guys do it? We do the same thing with our government schools. And to be fair, part of this is in the realm of Munchausen's by government, because when a kid walks out of Hardy Drive in Charlottesville, what, what opportunities does he see? To be fair, he's probably not looking all that hard. But when he does look, what opportunities does he see? couple of rival drug gangs offering him money to mule for them and membership and, and comradeship and perhaps a support system he doesn't see at home. Why could that be a winning argument sociologically? Couple that with a government, thanks to Terry and the new Virginia way, TMAC, the TMAC bills of uh, give everybody their rights back, whether they get charged for a felony or not, Governor White Sheets upping the ante even further and simply trying to put the, the governor's sway back over the rep, reparations of uh, voting rights and that kind of thing to convicted felons when their term was up had Glenn Youngkin called a racist. One of the many reasons they like to call Governor Yunkin a racist, because he just wants to make sure that there's a process for each person getting their voting rights back, like having not committed any more crimes. And all, all those people who, oh, they had only committed a misdemeanor, they'd still committed a crime. But that was left out because they hadn't committed another felony yet. So what lessons are we teaching Charlottesville High School is closed today because the teachers finally stood up and said enough. They're given no authority to punish children. And what do you do? Do you create a prison school? Do you say, well, a child shouldn't be sent to prison because it's just a it's a it's a jail to prison, school to prison pipeline? And just like everything else, we take the interactions of the person out of it. So if a school disciplines a kid, the administrators of those schools are castigated publicly, and the elected officials who hire them are castigated publicly for in enforcing this school-to-prison pipeline. Because we're supposed to believe that there's no reason that you might ever have to go to prison. 
aside from, you know, I don't know, questioning the results of an election or being inside of the U.S. Capitol building that your taxes paid for in the first place, trying to see the elected representatives that you voted for, that'll land you in jail for a thousand days without ever seeing the inside of a courtroom. But telling a teacher or a school administrator to intercourse themselves is shrugged off of free is it free speech? Is it is it self-actuating? Is it self-esteem building? Maybe maybe we should be doing a little less self-esteem building, because the self-esteem is building up to a point where I think we've seen it blow the kettle in Charlottesville anyway. You know, you get a little groggy after eating too much turkey after Thanksgiving. It holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... We get it. Anyway. WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning, and the reactions are passionate. 434-964-1075. Emails come in to joe at wchv.com. Do all these children at Charlottesville High School get a trophy for creative writing when they tell a school administrator to intercourse themselves? Is that a self-expression merit scholarship? Do they get you know, special self-esteem points? And what about the students who surreptitiously videotaped these fights and whose parents got them out to the media so that people knew about it? What repercussions are they going to face? And I will guarantee you right now, right as we speak, there are people who are more interested in punishing the people who, who shot the video of the brawls in the halls than they are at punishing the people who had the brawls. I will guarantee you, I will bet money that my wife doesn't let me hold in my wallet. That there are people in the Charlottesville school hierarchy from the school board. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them. But remember, we're talking about a population that probably, I'm going to say, generously as 10% of the school population is, is doing this, is engaging in this sort of, behavior but it's because they're told they can and michael expresses that here in an email through the smartphone app he writes joe why should i or anyone else give a care if every single one of those teachers gets their butt beat by the students they've pushed and promoted these policies for the current atmosphere for the ones that didn't but stayed quiet what has been happening in the schools are just or what's happening in the schools, are just as guilty. Don't they like to use the phrase, silence is compliance? Seems to me that their social justice thing is working out well for them. I understand that, Mike, and that is a very, very understandable feeling. But two big points that drive me to my point of view of still at this point saying, what are we doing, economically speaking, as the crony capitalism, the manifestation of the authoritarians, flaw or feature, 
Is the are, are the fights at Charlottesville High School a flaw or a feature? Is this just the beginnings of the less miserables here in Virginia and Charlottesville and, and the United States writ large? Rising up against authority so that we can give authority to one great Uber Lord, some, some Uber mensch, who will fix everything for us, make sure we have a roof over our head, a Bernie Sanders type who says, you have, uh, you have a right, you have a right to a house, you have a right to a doctor to see you, maybe not do nothing for you, but you have a right, you have a right to money in your pocket, whether it buys it or not, it doesn't matter, you got money in your pocket, shut up, sit down. That's what, that's where we're going. We're going to a world where Bernie Sanders will be the ubermensch, making sure that everyone has, you know, a roof over their head, whether it leaks or not, whether it has rats scurrying around in it or not. Achieve nothing. You own nothing. You have no privacy. And you've never been happier. At least that's what the folks of the World Economic Forum want you to think. But as conservatives, I will stand on the wall saying, no, there's a better way. There's a free market solution. Break up the crony capitalism. Get the money back on the streets of the neighborhoods. Stop centralizing our economy so that the men and women of these poor communities can stop being freaking poor. We've seen it happen. I watched it happen in North Philadelphia before you and I got together here on WCHV. I was working in southeastern Pennsylvania. And in North Philadelphia, there was a famous story that during the 90s, a school was doing so badly that they got permission from the Philadelphia schools, believe it or not, worse than Charlottesville schools, to to create a charter program to operate like a charter school, to operate almost like a private school. And instead of tossing kids out, they drew kids in and kept kids all the way through high school in the same building. And the requirements subtextually were the upper class had to help with the lower kids. And those mentorships were required, not even just encouraged, required. And what they noticed at the end of a generation of this, after 25 years, they discovered not only did the grades go up by a grade and a half, not only did high school graduation rates nearly double. Not only did college attendance and college graduations quadruple, the number of graduates from these this high school that stayed in the community post-graduation from college to start businesses was a complete surprise to the people who were studying this simply as an academic pursuit. But because you told the kids implicitly from their first entries into the community that the community was important, they wanted to stay and be part of the community and, and to be a better answer for the community. But if you say the community is crap, if you act like the community is is screwing you over, then of course the student's going to act and grow up accordingly. But as conservatives, we have to reach out to those teachers who have finally walked out and said, I've had enough, and not say, nye, 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 screw you, you get what you deserve. It's like, okay, great, we've been saying this all along, join us in here. Come on in. 
Because, Michael, your attitude would have said to the former governor of California, you were a Democrat your whole life. What, are you, what is this? So all of a sudden you're for Barry Goldwater. Screw you. We don't want you around. And you would have been denied Ronald Reagan because he had been a Democrat and a union organizer his whole life. But when he had his wake-up moment, we didn't say, screw you. Who the hell are you? Well, some of us did, and we got Jerry Ford for a couple of years. But we have to, as as people who believe in the society built around the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution, say to these teachers, great, you're awake, not woke now. Let's let's fix this thing. Let's Let's start with figuring out how our neighborhoods can be someplace our kids do see the upside in an education in and go from there. Trusting you to know information from disinformation. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Without a government board. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no. WCHV. Administrators and staff to continue planning for a reset of school policies, procedures, and culture. The announcement was made shortly before 1 p.m. today by school board chair James Bryant after the school board held a closed meeting this morning to discuss the current safety of CHS. This comes after an incident involving an unauthorized adult on the campus. CBS. Got no principles. What do you do when you engage appeasements? What happens when you uh, indulge people in appeasements? You just get more of the same behavior. It doesn't matter whether it's the thugs that are you know, maybe five, maybe ten percent of the Charlottesville high school student body, or the thugs in Tehran. You appease, you give them what they want, and they just do more of what you punish them for in the first place. There is that. But as we told you the story of Milai, the new president of Argentina, there's a danger of libertarianism in an amoral society, a society that's been three generations removed from, oh, the simplest of ten rules, like thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shall not murder steal so you say well you know we're going to have a libertarian society of no rules to a society of people who have grown up now thinking that there are no greater rules than the ones that man might invoke on you and whatever guidance counselor so you can tell the school administrator as one of the school staffers told me over facebook uh when confronted with a student who was in hallways during class time the administrator was told to go, in more coarse street language, intercourse himself, to which the administrator walked away, presumably, I imagine, to go find some private place to follow up on that suggestion of the student who was obviously, you know, a product of every child gets a trophy. 
You have to fix the reasons. You know, te- 15 years ago, the Republican governors, Bob McDonnell et al., said, mm, the black community doesn't care about education. And since then, you know what we've done to try to fix that? Bupkis. Worse than Bupkis, we've indulged the idea that there's no upside to education. And we wonder why the teachers finally had to rise up and say, not just no, but hell no. Go ahead, try to have your school without us. And we need those teachers. We need those teachers to stand up because they're the ones who have been getting screwed by the teachers' unions and the school administrators for decades. With apologies to President Kennedy, uh, and I have never heard erstwhile President Kennedy uh, speak that way, but that's how his Uncle Jack said it. So we'll continue into that story. And as Michael asked, why should we care about these teachers? Because they're humans and because we've been trying to get them to pay attention for some time. And they, they and it isn't all the teachers. There have been lots who maybe have stayed quiet because the, the, the as, as people love to assault the blue line of silence in law enforcement, there's also a chalk line of silence amongst teachers. And it's all because of little thug organizations of their own, like the teachers' unions. You become a whistleblower, all of a sudden you start getting your your tenure doesn't get passed and all this other stuff they use to hold a leash around the, the neck of teachers to keep them silent. We need them speaking up. And I will guarantee you, as I told the early seating, there are there are members of the Charlottesville School Board and there's members of the Charlottesville educational community that are more interested in punishing the students who broke school rules by videotaping the brawls and releasing them to the press than there are teachers and administrators and school board members who are trying to figure out how to fix the actual problem. Guarantee you that discussion. Well, the students shouldn't have had a cell phone on regardless of whether there was a brawl happening right in front of them. Morning, Mason. How you doing this morning, sir? Oh, I'm laughing, laughing, laughing. Well, good. That's good because we satirize for our protection, I think. <laughs> the, 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 the Charlottesville High School just has me laughing. Now, there's a name for those kids that have the cell phones that are bringing out the news. It's called our man in Charlottesville, <laughs> and and again, they have to be rewarded. They can't be punished. I, I, you know, and this is, and now I hear Petersburg wants to copy our no cell phones yeah. in the school policy. I mean, sorry, this is this is all simply designed to keep instances like these brawls quiet. That's that's the only reason to have it. Well, just like the parent that videotaped the gay pride. Uh, program at Johnson Elementary School last year. That's why Charlottesville invoked this policy. So nobody saw what was going on in the schools anymore because, you know, this is our place. All you parents who saw what was going on during COVID, we want you to shut up and sit down. Well, the, the leftists, their hair's on fire because their little world that they're creating in the schools is just falling apart. But is it the, a flaw? Uh, is it a flaw or a feature? Is that the, that's that's my concern. <laughs> this is what they want. Oh goodness! Well, I, I got exclusive rights to Charlottesville High School on on uh, Wednesday. I'm the sole ticket seller. Ticket seller for 
the rumble in the the rumble in the auditorium. Oh, oh, you're the you're the promoter. This is like uh, are <laughs> you you're the Don I, King I the of this. <laughs> you're the Don King of I, this I, little I, mess. I have I have I have got a new hairdo. I am Don King. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but I mean, this is. Am I overstating it when I say that this is just like the other the adult activists in Charlottesville? This is five, maybe ten percent of the population, you know, who are doing this, rather than the ninety percent who just want to come and figure out how to, you know, learn how to do math and science, um, you know. And so, so we're allowing this this very small group. To ruin things for everyone yeah. else. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I stick by my old theory that Charlottesville can't be saved by piecework patching. It has to be torn down and rebuilt. You look at what they've done in Loudoun. You know, the school board, the entire school board was ousted in Loudoun County this past, and you were talking about a mess there. I mean, at least this was just a fist fight. No, you know, kids were getting raped in the bathrooms. Um, but Loudoun right. County tossed out every one of their school board members and said, fix this. Yeah, I, I have cousins for a long period of time down here that have been here consistently, but I have, I was born in Loudoun County and I have cousins up there too. So I'm pretty much in tune with what's going on and bravo Loudoun County. Keep it up. But, but we need to follow. I mean, but, but this is going to require the political will to have people stand up and run for the school board because we haven't seen that. I mean, it was all choices amongst more of the same this past election for the school board. Well, I got a minute. I'm going to go there. They didn't go. The people running for office didn't go better in the right way. In my opinion, they sort of made themselves exclusive to their own crowd and didn't reach out to the common man, I don't know why. But I'm going to ask the Republican Party why. You're talking about Albemarle County. Okay, because I was going to say, there were no conservatives running that I could see for the Charlottesville school board. (laughs) I mean, the last time I saw a conservative stand up for Charlottesville school board was when I applied for one of the open seats that needed somebody to fill it for a year. Uh, and, and bless her, Jennifer McKeever, who also left the school board, was one of the last commonsensical votes, even to a small degree, on the school board. And she's out now, too. So who knows what's going to come next? Yeah. Yeah. A cup of coffee, please. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, it was a confusing race down here to me. You know, good people were running, but good people threw it away. In my opinion. Well, those are choices, and this this you know goes back into you know you know why did why did Ronald Reagan lose to Jerry Ford in the seventy six convention? You know, it's it's you got to make the case, and 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 I the longer I do this, Mason, the more it appears to me that the person who's genuine, who's who's there and making the case. But making it everywhere, not picking and choosing where they're making their case, making their case in forums with their opponents, making their case on unfriendly media sources, making cases where perhaps the the, the imagery not might not be just perfect. I mean, Ronald Reagan didn't didn't run a campaign in 1980 of hide from anything. Granted, there wasn't social media then, there wasn't this thing, but but you can do it. You have to be brave, you have to be courageous, 
it has to mean something it has to it it is a sacrifice because you are putting yourself out there uh, and i say this with all the hubris of a county living in a county that just elected more conservatives to our school board uh and more conservatives to our board of supervisors so so i'm living fat and happy after 16 years in fry's spring um but but man i mean you know i i remember that year when one of the school board members left and they said, well, who's, who, we, you know, we're going to hold, you know, uh, applications uh, and, and then the school board gets to interview you. And I said, and I said on this program, I said, I'm going to do this just to show you it's not that scary to do. And you've done the same thing, Mason. It's not that scary. So I applied and, and they brought me in and it was about four other candidates and we went through the first round of interviews and what to my wondering eyes appeared, but I received a vote. <laughs> I got a vote. I moved on into the second round. I survived, you know, longer than I ever expected to. Um, but, but because I cared about making sure that kids came out of our schools, learning how to read, learning how to do math, um, because the same, same teenagers are going into places like, you know, the Blue Ridge School and St. Anne's Belfield and, and Covenant, and they're coming out learning how to, knowing how to do math and science. So it's not that the kids don't care. It's that, that the schools have allowed them to shrug it off and say, ah, what's the upside to that? Well, there is, a, there is really an upside and we have to, there's the other side of the school doors. We have to fix the economy. We have to make sure that when a kid walks out of his neighborhood, whether it's poor or not, they don't see being a drug runner as their best options. Uh, we need to fix all that stuff. It's not, you know, one, one thing fixes it, but, but it can be fixed. I be- truly believe it can be fixed. So folks, remember, get your tickets early. <laughs> Front row is better than back row. You can bring your cell phone camera. You, you you can you can you can do anything you want in there. It's going to be a free for all among everybody. Oh, and Mason, have a good time. <laughs> all right, the, the the Don King of high school brawls. He is uh, Mason. Hey, you have a good morning, sir. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I love my new hairdo. <laughs> we have been around for almost ninety years, this morning alone. and not a sign of any slowing down. I took four meetings at Seville Coffee, Seville one hundred seven five and twelve sixty WCHV for justice system. The people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Joe Thomas in the morning. I can't believe it's been a year since the first time we met uh, Dr. Curry Myers, former sheriff, member of the Right on Crime movement of the Texas Public Policy Institute. I know that. We were talking about his book uh, on Feral Man, and our interview from the archives starts like this. I'm doing very well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, and appreciate being on the show. So what was it, I mean, was it your law enforcement career that had led you to look at, you know, how these, uh, you know, the, the criminal mind, if you will, operates that started you on this path to uh, to where you said, hey, we have a whole subtext of humanity that has gone feral, or was there something else that started it, uh, started you analyzing this? Well, I think I have a unique perspective just because of the um, years of experience in the field. You know, you couple that with the academic experience. So, um, I, I have a tendency to, to look at things, kind of take a step back, if you will, and look at a little bit more of a macro perspective. I think often we 
view things through the prism of, of individual activities, and we don't put together on really important causal reasons why crime is occurring. We have a tendency to, to focus just on a few things. And um, so when I wrote the piece, I thought to myself, we are losing um, uh, in many ways um, civility in our society. It's, it's kind of turned into a social contagion. And so it kind of started with that one. And I started doing additional research on the issues with mental health that we're having, the, the increase in social technology and the connectivity issues associated with with um, being addicted to social technology. And that led into um, what I've always believed in is the main causal reasons for for crime and criminogenic behavior is a lack of faith, family, and formation. And then if that's the case, what are causing all these things to occur kind of in a perfect storm right now in society? Well, is there, and you know, I watched the riots um, that went unadjudicated while, you know, January 6th has been heavily adjudicated, but, you know, the famous video of the right. man who in Chicago was looting stores and just uh, looked at the TV news camera and said, it's reparations, man. Uh, you know, and these are these are rhetorical points that are fed to them by the politicians who seek to see some sort of populism out of it. And I think they're they're often the super spreaders of this contagion. I like your use of that word. We'll get Tony Fauci on it in a little while. Uh, but this contagion <laughs> is 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 really in a lot of ways spread by the politicians who seek populism by saying, "Oh, so and so is greedy because he owns more land than he possibly needs. So go steal from him." It's okay. We watch these progressive prosecutors shrug at uh, theft now, saying, "Ah, oh, well, it's less than a thousand dollars. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to prosecute it." Uh, and and the uh, the attitude seems to be coming almost from this uh, portion, or is that oversimplifying it? No, I think you're spot on. I I, I, uh, I have not seen in in my lifetime the social anarchy that that um, is present today. I think in the late 60s, we had certainly had some elements of social anarchy. Um, but I, but the, what makes it more problematic than ever before right now is exactly what you said. It's being fomented by elected officials and popular in, in, in people who are popular in society, whether it's um, uh, musicians or whether it's actors or, um, you know, we have incredible influence through social technology right now. Our online footprint is significant, and there are so many influencers uh, within the online community that that actually can drive that incivility and and that social anarchy. So you you put modern technology together with um, with people who are leaders in the community or supposed leaders in the community um, that only adds to the to the element of of social anarchy and. Um, you, you couple those with already high crime. You couple those with um, not focusing on recidivism uh, like we should. Um, in many ways, recidivism is our main problem, especially with respect to um, violent crime recidivists. Um, most uh, uh, violent offenders, when they get out of prison, will reoffend within the first three years. It's, it's a, mm. about 60%, and after five years, it rises to nearly 70%. If you're under 25, it actually is about 80% oh. of, of people will reoffend once they're out of prison. So um, 
I'm a huge proponent of evidence-based policing, but it's really difficult to do evidence-based policing when you live in a woke time and you do everything based on feelings and not on facts anymore. That is Dr. Curry Myers from a visit from a year ago. He had just published a piece called The Rise of Feral Man. And tell me it's not what we're seeing in the halls of Charlottesville High School. And who is supporting it? Who is condoning? Who is encouraging this lawlessness? And I'm not saying that you know, we should be putting school kids in prison, but school kids don't have the right to beat up other school kids or teachers. But if we're telling their adult heroes that committing a felony is no big deal, what's beating up a kid in the hallway of Charlottesville High School supposed to mean? You're, you're, the, the whole podcast is online in the podcast channel. Search it at WCHV.com. Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Sean Hannity at 3. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. What do you have to feel sad about? You're a kid. You're just bored, not depressed. Focus on all the good things in your life. Kids who are thinking about suicide need real help, not just kind advice. Often, young people who take their own lives have warning signs, like withdrawing, heavy sadness that won't go away, or concerning posts online. Know the signs. Talk to your kids. Ask for help from a mental health professional. Visit notalkask.org or call 988 for help right away. Fox News and the forecast coming up after local news first from the Automated Office System Studios. WCHV, AM and FM, Charlottesville.